This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, welcome to this edition of the Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing podcast. And, you know, as you listen in, you'll get a variety of ahas, insights, tips, and how-tos for your author publishing and, ta-da, book marketing success, which is what today's show is all about. I always like to start with a quote from my book, Snappy Sassy Salty Success for Authors, and it really does tie in perfectly with what we're going to be doing today. And it's this, stop stabbing yourself in your author back. You cannot afford to kiss off one more day with internet book marketing denial. The cyber gods have made it so easy for you to be so outstanding. With me is the awesome, outrageous sometimes, amazing book marketing guru, author of A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Book, John Kramer. Hey, John, welcome back. Hey, Judith. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> We're talking about one of my favorite things um, to, <laughs> that I go around and around with authors. You know, John, you and I have done so many programs on book marketing, and we've done surveys of memberships of the Author You community. What do you want? Oh, we want book marketing. We set up book marketing, and do they show up at times? Nope. <laughs> it's like, well, don't confuse me with the facts. All right, that's my rant for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people are, authors are really actually lucky today because back when I started in the early 80s, um, you know, you had to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to market a book because most of your marketing had to be done with either paying an expensive publicist oh, or yeah. doing a lot of uh, direct mail. And so, or, you know, doing the author tour city by city, you know, and authors, certainly self-publishers had to pay for all of that. I mean, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars marketing my books in the beginning. And the neat thing about today's world is that most of the marketing you can do now, you can do on the internet and you don't have to spend a lot of money, but you do have to spend time. You have to commit to marketing. You know, I have one client uh, who wants to market by social media, but he has no social media presence. He's never built a presence. And, and, and then he's wondering, well, why isn't my book selling? And, you know, it's a great book, but it's not going to sell if he doesn't have some sort of connection with people. And that means you have to either build a social media presence or an email uh, newsletter that goes to a lot of people or some combination of things like that that will build an audience for you, that will build uh, advocates for you. 
uh, that's an uh, that is an understatement. So maybe we have to get into some of these tips on how to do the building. But um, if if you're not, I'm just going to say this: if you're not succeeding in book marketing today with the internet, which is first window is freebie, and there are so many free options within the internet that you can start your push out and start your building. It's awesome. I mean, John, I have said if the Internet had been around when I first started publishing in the 80s, oh, my God, oh, my God, I would have been doing a happy camper dance um, (laughs) because I like you, too. You know, I paid for those publicists. You know, I I forked over that two and three thousand dollars a month for a publicist back in the 80s. And with a publicist, there is absolutely zero guarantee zero guarantee of visibility it's their best shot it's their contacts you never know if it's going to hook and go in do you have any comments about working with publicists uh i i had one uh, person that came up to me when i was speaking once and he said he has spent thirty thousand dollars with a publicist and he got one radio interview and i said did you did you ever talk to the publicist and and work with them and he said no i just was waiting for them to get me my my things (laughs) my appearances and i said well you have to give them feedback you have to tell them you know after a month you got to tell them hey this isn't working we got to change the pitch we got to do something because i'm not getting any bookings well also what's the pitch did you see what they were sending out did it fit you in your book i mean right And, (laughs) and it's not just that but you know, I've seen too many publishers that do sort of straight book uh, publicity uh, pitches rather than what does the audience need and how can the author fulfill that? And that's a whole different pitch than pitching a book. And quite honestly, most media don't want to talk about books. You know, well, that's a, we get. There are 50, 100,000, 1 million books published a year. We don't want to talk about books. Do you have a solution to our you know, listeners' problems? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's a whole different thing, uh, is talking solutions rather than talking your book. Well, yes, the relief of the pain. So, so you have to, whatever that you are, Whatever your expertise is or the theme of your book, and I don't care if it's fiction or nonfiction, you've got the Band-Aid to stop the (laughs) the flow of blood that's oozing out and start the healing process, whatever it is. And the thing is, you need to get your head redirected. So John and I are going to spend some time, I think, about how in the heck you can be proactive and evolved from being the CWO, the chief writing officer, to the CMO, the chief marketing officer. So, John, I'd like to kiss on this first one. Um, you know, you know, I came from New York, but my my I had 18 books published with the big boys. I did the author tours. I was in all the big cities. I had personal escorts. I was well cared for and taken and and I have to tell you, more times than not, when I was in a bookstore, they had no books. <laughs> yeah, that was very common. Um, and and so and even, I even from a big New York publisher. Absolutely, and I learned. Um, this is in the old days. Remember the telephone books? 
Yeah, I do. Before the internet, um, if I was going to be in a, a major city, whether it or you know whether it was it, I was whether I or you know one of the you know next tier down, whether it was Albuquerque or Santa Fe or San Francisco or you know or Chicago, I had friends in all those cities, and I would say, would you go? Do you have a phone book? Would you either rip out the pages for the cities of Albuquerque or Santa Fe or San Francisco or make a copy for me of bookstores and send it to me? Now I had the names and I had the addresses and I would send them a postcard of my book. And I said, I'm going to be in your city on these days doing publicity and I'd like to tell people that they can come to your bookstore and get my book. And I'll tell you, that's how books started showing up. Yeah, uh, because the bookstores forced the publishers to do their job. Well, yes, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't. And it's even worse. So when, when 1990 rolled around, maybe 2000, bookstores, uh, book, book publishers crossed the bridge and they decided not to do the marketing that you were going to do the marketing. They do marketing for the big boys, the really big boys and girls. But for for the majority of their mid-list uh, authors, you're on your own. And today, if your book doesn't get out there, um, if it doesn't create the buzz within a couple of weeks, you, you are a passe. It's called next. That's my experience, John. Can you add or say, nope, I'm, you're all wrong? Well, no, you're, you're right. I mean, they do. They they have what they call A-list, B-list, and C-list yeah. books. Mm -hmm. The A-list books get all the attention. The B-list books get attention if the author does something, and the C-list mm -hmm. books are probably not going to get any attention. I don't even know why they publish them if they're not going to do any marketing, but publishers uh, apparently believed in, back in those days and still do that, well, if we just publish the books, it'll find its natural audience. And the reality is, unless you find your natural audience and actually tell them that your book is out there, they're never going to hear about it. Uh, exactly. Know, exactly. In today's world, there's you know probably three million books published a year nowadays because yeah. it's so yeah. easy to publish. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is that it's not so easy to publish. It's easily to get the book up on Amazon or up on Ingram Spark or something like that. But that's not technically publishing because publishing is making something public. And that means you got to let people know what, what you're doing and let them know that you're marketing at the very minimum. If you don't want to do any work or hardly any work, you can at least advertise on Facebook and Amazon and, uh, you know, Instagram or, you know, some of the other social medias and let people know that you have books for sale. And uh, the neat thing about most internet marketing is that uh, like, you know, paying for Google ads or Facebook ads or Amazon ads is that you can set a budget and you can say, okay, I'll pay this much for a lead or this much for a sale. And uh, then you say, 
and I'll spend ten dollars a week or ten dollars mm-hmm. a day or whatever it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So you can you can set your and limit your exposure, but you can test the market. And if the market, you know, if you don't sell any books with the ad that you're using, it's obviously not a good ad. All right, that John, hold that. Something. Yep, hold that thought. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Okay. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author Use, the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author You today at authoryou.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me today is the awesome, and I always think of John as awesome. He's a good friend. I always like to play. We always play on whether we're talking on the phone or we're in person. We have a play. it's kind of like play for us. Um, but John Kramer's with us, and John really does stay on top of what's happening and what's not happening in the book marketing arena. Um, and so, and we're really we don't want you to be a wimp. We don't want you to have wimpy sales. We don't want you to. Um, to self-sabotage yourself, which was what a lot of authors do. And that's why I led that quote with our opening today. And so, but you have to take charge um, with that. So John was, he had to go to break real quick, but he was talking about, John, can you pick up where you were? The neat thing about uh, doing ads, say, on Facebook or Amazon and so on, is you can find out what actually sparks people's interest because either the ad works or it doesn't. If the ad isn't working and you're doing 
publicity or other internet, you know, social media posting or so on with the same content, it's not going to work either. If the ad isn't working because the content is bad, you know, so you need to figure out what your pitch is going to be, what is going to spark people's interest. And, and testing with ads is one way to find out whether or not your pitch is a good pitch. You may find out that people are interested in your epic fantasy, not because it's an epic fantasy, but because it has a, a damsel in distress you know, or something, you know, that's a little bit different. And and you were pitching the hero and everybody, the readers were interested in the damsel. Well, you know, John, that reminds me back a, a long time ago, one of my big seller books, which was on uh, called Woman to Woman. This is my personal book. Woman to Moon from Sabotage to Support. It, it dealt with do and how and why women undermine other women. And um, I opened with, you know, I had five central stories that I led with of uh, just a group of women, friends, girlfriends, we're having dinner. I had gone through a horrendous embezzlement of a million dollars and lost everything. It was homeless. And, you know, others had gone, God, one got sent to jail with, you know, claiming fraud and stuff before she could get out because a woman was pissed off at her. Just all kinds of different stuff. And I went, holy moly. Um, so I ended up doing my doctorate on it and, uh, 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 and, and wrote this book that was, by the way, turned down by every major publisher. And at that time, I was represented by William Morris. It was too hot. It was too hot. Um, for them. Um, and that with that, I ended up going with a like a second tier publisher because I knew it was an important book and it took off. But I had to do all the publicity because there was no budget from my Simon and Schuster or from Warner who wanted it. Um, there was no budget. Um, so I had to learn how to push it out. And there was it, it. And when I did all these interviews, I did over 1500 interviews in the country, John, on this and media. And that and which has always amused me. One of the publishers that turned it down said there's no way there'd be any interest in the media. So that always amused me. Um, but <laughs> but, but um, they always wanted to know. How I got duped. How did I get myself bailed out? How did I recover? They wanted to know how did people recover from being so screwed over and crawling back. And that that turned out to be the pitch. You know, and I didn't realize that in the beginning. They wanted to know how to get out of it. Right. And, you know, your audience will always tell you what they're actually interested in. They'll mm -hmm. tell you this is what we need you to talk about. Mm -hmm. I have a client that was writing a book about uh, careers, and he was talking about just moving on from one job to another job. And at one point we were talking, and then he said, it's all about career shape-shifting. And all of a sudden I was going, that's mm -hmm. what your book should have been about. You should be pitching that over and over because that says something. You know, that's a sparking word that, to me, it interested me right away. And I think it would interest other people rather than moving on in a career, uh, shape-shifting your career and actually making a new career. And this guy went from being a pharmacist to a diplomat to an investment banker. <laughs> you know? 
Uh, so he shapeshifted a number of times. And the thing is, that's a great way to pitch it. And unfortunately, he, he, he only has one small section in the book about career shapeshifting. I said, well, we'll work with you on promoting this book, but you got to write another book about shapeshifting. <laughs> well, I love I, I love the shape-shifting word. In fact, I, as you said it, I wrote it down. I have already started writing lines that I'm going to use promotion <laughs> for my new book, The Author's Walk. Because we're talking about shape-shifting your writing, shape-shifting your publishing opportunity, all that kind of stuff. So I'm thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but, you know, you can see how one word can make a lot of difference in your pitch. Yes. Uh, and, and, and he realizes that, okay, that was my core message. And he had seven messages, and really he only had one core message, and that was the career shape-shifting. The rest of it was just like every other career book. You mm -hmm. know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it wouldn't excite the media. But once he starts talking about his own career shape-shifting, going from pharmacist to diplomat to investment banker, I mean, there's magic in that. Uh, Absolutely. Well, that, you know, to me, that's what I would call a woot-woot because that, and you talked about the core message, because there is always one core message. I think you, everyone, we all have all these key things going down. And I know that I do an exercise in my, um, in my book publishing, Unplugged Workshop, what is your core message? And I know when I wrote my book, How to Create a Million Dollar Speech, the core message was speaking is the number one way to sell books, period. And everything yeah. else was. You stole was, that from me. Um, sweetheart, I've been, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, I've always said that that is one of the key ways to market books. Uh, yeah. uh, certainly within my top three. Uh, speaking is a way to get people. And, you know, and that's what I'm doing right now with you. It's basically yeah. a, a talk, a speech. Yes. You know, and online, you can do it through podcast interviews, radio interviews, etc. But, you know, the whole idea of speaking is, is magic. And if you can do live speaking, and in today's world, live speaking is coming back. Um, yes, it is. You'll be amazed at how much you can find out from your audience. Because one of the really neat things about speaking live is you get immediate feedback whether or not your message is coming across. Because if the audience is falling asleep, your message ain't working. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. But, but you know, it's how I sold a million copies of my books. It's how right. I created, created $3 million in speaking fees and $2 million of book sales on sites. That's yeah. how you do it. And that, so I wrote the book. I gave people, this is the step-by-step-by-step -by -step -by -step going through it. But getting down, because you do come down, you have all these key messages that you think they are, but what's the number one core? And for that book, and it was a and it was the backwards process. I I walked back into it. And that's what we would use for pitching of going out. If you want to sell a lot of books, this is the book you need. If you don't want to sell a lot of books, bypass it. <laughs> and 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 you do that, but ads ads can be very effective. But what you said here is, hey, if it's if you're not seeing any pickup within a month, pull it. It's not working. It's not working, people. And and you need to go back to your 
Um, maybe you you just don't have the right words to play around with. Maybe it doesn't have. Let me give you a website that might help you all a little bit. It's called Word Hippo, wordhippo.com. It's a very cool website. It's John and I. It's one of my John's and my favorites. It's called Free. And you can put in whatever, whatever your regular plain Jane word is. And you will, won't believe the variety of words it'll throw out at you that you could play with. Could just could be the hook because John and I are talking about the hook. What's the hook for your reader, the who? Or if you're trying to pitch to the media to be picked up, what's the hook? I had the same thing happen with people when uh, I, I would speak and uh, and I would say, well, what would you tell somebody if you're riding? three floors down in the elevator and people would start telling me long stories and I'm going, nah, I'm already lost. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not selling me on the book because you're talking about extraneous things. I want to know what will the book do for me? And mm -hmm. you know, it, that's a whole different thing than why you wrote the book. If you think that why you wrote the book and what it will do for me are the same, you're wrong. Because mm -hmm. I'm a different person. And every person you talk to is a different person. And what they need may be completely different from why you wrote the book. And that's part of what you have to discover. And so one of the things I always say is, you know, talk to people. Just don't believe them. There's a thing about, you know, asking people, well, do you like my cover? Uh, do you like my book title and so on? And you should get that kind of feedback before you publish your book. But you don't listen to amateurs when they say, well, if you put a pink color here, it'll be better, you know, or something like that. But you take what they say and you look at it again through your author's eyes and your marketer's eyes and you say, oh, well, they did have a good point there. I could brighten up the cover. Not, pink, it's the mm -hmm. wrong cover, color, but I should brighten the cover up or something like that. So you can use feedback from people, but just listen to it. Don't take it to heart completely because they're not book marketers. They didn't write the book uh, and so on. But they can tell you things, and they, they will. They'll tell you things regardless of whether you ask them if you just show them your book. Um. I, here's the other thing I also ask on the book cover thing, because I see people screw this one up all the time. And we're, we're about 30 seconds from our next break. But they ask all these people their opinion about the book cover. They shouldn't be bothering to ask unless these are people who buy your kind of book. Because you're trying to create a cover that will attract those people. I mean, I'm kind of strong on that because I see all these people getting opinions from people who would never even consider buying your book. Why do they matter? Do you have any comments on that? Well, the question you always have to ask him is not, do you like my book cover, but would you pick it up? Yes. Because that's a whole different action than liking it. Uh, unfortunately, all your friends are going to like your book cover. They, well, the they friends like don't... Yeah, friends don't count. All right, so let's take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break. With me is John Kramer. We're going to come back about look, book cover marketing.
is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All righty. So we are talking, we're, we're all over the place, but that's okay. Um, with John Kramer, we're talking about book marketing where we're talking about really getting um, your, your, your cover is part of your book marketing. It's part of your branding. It, it, your, your book cover is the lighthouse beacon that says, come to me, pick me up. Um, and if it doesn't, the wrong book cover. John, do you want to add to that? Well, there is a, you know, a great question you can ask people, and that is, tell me what my book is about. Because if you show them your book title or your book cover and they start talking about what your book is about and it ain't about that, you know that the cover and the title, something's wrong. Uh, And if you ask enough people, you will find out what is wrong Uh, because uh, people may tell you different things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's one of the key questions you can ask people in terms of feedback is tell me what my book is about. And and then the second question you can ask them is tell me how my book could help you. And that's a a great way to get feedback on what they would want out of a book. Well, not only, yeah. And you could ask them that question. You could say, what would you want in this book that isn't in the book? Mm -hmm. But they would have to read the book to know that. But at least they could give you some feedback on that. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, I do. Oh, last weekend I spent um, all day with 10 other authors at one of the Barnes and Noble stores here in Colorado. And, And we do this to support the Authors Hall of Fame. But we were we were there and it was really interesting to see. And I go back to the title of the book. And of course, titling is a smidge different between the nonfiction and the fiction arena, because I've always said your you know, your title can be 
off the wall than a fiction book. Um, but I am I'm suspecting the imagery has got to be something that your question, you know, what is my book about, has got to have a reveal within it, with that imagery. Would that be correct or am I wrong? Well, no, you're right. I mean, it's like genre novels. You certainly wouldn't want a science fiction cover on a romance novel. Yeah, or <laughs> romance novel cover on a science fiction book because you're sending the wrong message. Mm-hmm. The people will look at the cover and they say, oh, that's a romance novel. I don't like romance. I like science fiction mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. or something like that. So you have to make sure that your book cover, ideally your book cover fits within the genre or category uh, in nonfiction that you're in, but also stands out. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some element of it that's different than everything else. But there also has to be a major element that's the same as everything else in that same market. Mm-hmm. And then and then for a, a nonfiction book, some nonfiction books really don't use a lot of imagery on them. Right. Uh, um, and, and, and I think that was it. When Malcolm Gladwell came along, hit the simplicity of his book covers, I always loved. You know, he he just had one, you know, a couple of marbles or a leaf, because what sold the book was um, not necessarily the title, which was often unique, but it was the subtitle, which was the promise within the book. Right. And, and you people should be able to, by looking at your cover, know what your book is about and also what it promises. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so that they can, they will be inspired to pick it up. And, you know, half your battle, say in a bookstore, even online, if they're looking at Amazon, mm-hmm. is will they click on it? Will they pick the book up? Mm-hmm. And that's all determined by whether or not the cover speaks to them. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed. I mean, I was just looking at Publishers Weekly, and I was looking at some of the ads, and I was looking at the book covers, and I was going, what were these people thinking? You know, and this is from, like, major publishers, and the book I know. cover is terrible. Well, um, I was having the same discussion with one of my colleagues when we were looking over a lot of the new books. They were They were almost a combination between garish and cartoonish. These for these for these serious, you know, these books. And it was both in the fiction and nonfiction. And I'm wondering, who's doing this? Where are these ideas coming from? Or maybe we're just getting old, huh? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I mean, there are trends that go through in publishing, especially around New York, because it's so insular. And inbred, you could say. And you know what happens when you get inbred things. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm. You get crazy people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the thing is that, you know, it's a designer doing their designing thing rather than actually helping to sell the book. It's a whole different process between these. You know, that's why there's people that are good book cover designers because they know that the cover has to sell the book rather than sell them and their incredible work and their incredible design skills. Uh, 
you know, I actually want a designer that doesn't think of themselves as a designer, but uh, think of themselves as a facilitator. Uh, you know, they're going to help me sell my book. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of cover designer I want. One of the best lectures I ever listened to, and I his his name maybe you'll you'll know it offhand. It was you know big time, but he did all Michael Crichton's covers. And when he okay, when he was working on the 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 first Jurassic Park, going back and forth, and he ended up the cover that went with that book was the Trek T Rex in the skeleton form, just just in a black black on top of the image, um, and it was just bold. It was uh, it it popped out, um, and. And you knew, you know, you knew what was inside almost without words. <laughs> it was, it was brilliant, brilliant. Right, and, and that's part of what they have to do, um, you know. And and so that's you know book design and book titling, but that's not all of marketing. But it's certainly a key part of it. You really do have to get that right. And you know, if you're being published by another, uh, pu- you know, by a publisher. You got to advocate for a good book cover because otherwise you're going to get a B list book cover or C list book cover. And I guarantee you, booksellers know which books uh, uh, publishers are promoting by looking at the cover. They pick up the book and they go, ah, they're not going to spend any money advertising this book. Look at the cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, well, you know, I, I saw that way too often with uh, buyers from. Barnes and Noble, Ingram, and so on. Yes, making decisions too. based just on looking at Instantly. the cover, and they knew the budget wasn't there. Yeah. Instantly, um, I was at Book Expo when it was called Dix Book Expo twenty years ago, and I was sitting with Marcella Smith, and we were in somebody's booth, and they had all these covers all around, and I, it was fabulous to watch Marcella just eyeball, just going around, and Marcella, everyone was the head honcho for the small press division for Barnes and Noble. Um, so this was all the indie presses that she, 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 she made decisions on what the stories brought in from the indies and watching her go around this wall of covers. And, and I said, so what's your choice? And she, and, and she had this glint in her eye and she, there was like 20 covers and she picked two. I'd buy that one and that one. And they make those decisions that fast, that fast. And they have no idea what the book is about. They have Absolutely. no idea what the author put their blood and you know yeah. the heart yeah. into, yeah. Uh, yeah. because it's not on the cover. And you know, so that's really a crucial thing, and that's part of even promoting. Like if you're out speaking, you really have to let your heart show. You have to let your, you know, what your passion is all about show when you're speaking and so on, because. It really makes a difference. People respond and they listen to things. And one of the key things when you're speaking, doing a show like this, is what we've been doing. We tell stories. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. You told a great story about Marcella, and you know, yeah. I sat with her on a panel and watched her shuffle through books, and the same thing happened. <laughs> you know, she would shuffle through the books and pick up two. Yep. <laughs> It's and and lucky you if you're one of the two. All right, so let's 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 hop back. Let's okay. You're you're the, you're now the chief marketing officer. Everybody, you've got this book. 
John had a client says, oh, I need to sell a lot of books, but he is a zero on social media. Where do we start, John? How do, how do we go from zero to hero here? Well, you pick one platform that you like, that mm-hmm. you think will work well for you, and you, you really go after that one. You know, mm-hmm. personally, I like Pinterest, but you mm-hmm. had a great story while we're in, during the break mm-hmm. about your authors and how well they're doing on Instagram, even without a big audience. So I'd like to hear from you. Oh, all right. So um, I am a huge believer and I know that we are really starting to um, do a variety of things on Instagram and you can do ads. We're going to we're going to start adding some ads in and pay for a little bit, but we haven't had it. And the story I was sharing with John is that I have a newbie author. Now he's got three books out um, and we've we've been rolling these every six months. He's in the epic fantasy line and I've got a couple of other ones that are doing the same thing. I said, let's just concentrate, you know, on this, this one area. And we're going to make a boatload of posters, a boatload of posters. We're going to have fun with this. And, and the C word is really important with anything you do with social media and marketing. And it's called consistency. You've got to be consistent. You're not, you're not going to say, well, next month I'm going to do this. No, you're going to do it every freaking day. People. You're, you're going to devote marketing some piece of your day. I don't care if it's five minutes or, you know, maybe you've got an hour. I don't have an hour, but but I sure can find five and 10 and 15 minutes and and push that forward that. And posters started going up. He had his audience of zero. He started with an audience of zero. He has maybe five, six hundred now, but his sales his in the bank sales are several thousand dollars a month because of these posters and the variety and the quality of what he's putting up that they're catching people's attention. Plus the hashtags that he's going into in the who, because he knows who his buyer is and they're picking up. I mean, he's even gotten a copy of well-known celebrities all of a sudden have discovered his posters and book sales are happening. So, you can do that, but you got to start putting a game plan together. So maybe, John, when we come back after our final break, we can talk about putting a marketing game plan together. That'd be great, but I'd also like to know that person's name. I will. <clears throat> This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy 
Build your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me this final hour, as the whole hour, is John Kramer, the author of A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Books, one of my favorite people in the whole book publishing world. And and we're in just the whole world. in the whole pub, book publishing world. How's that? No, in the whole world. Oh, in the whole world. Okay. It's, yeah, <laughs> that's right. There we go. All right. I'll take that. All right. Yes. And... <laughs> And um, and we're trying to give you just kind of with with our stories and some ideas, maybe to to give you a little juice to get involved. Yes, that yes, you can do it. John's right. Pick one thing panel to go down for an author today, especially a fiction author. I would be going after Instagram. And that's I think that's the player in town. Who knows what's going to happen with TikTok? I don't know Um, if I'm a business book. LinkedIn's the player. And there's amazing things you can do with the LinkedIn portal. And I'm going to tell all of you, get up your builders, get into your profile, go to the core creator, take advantage of, of, of uh, LinkedIn's newsletter that they put out. It is, it is gorgeous when you get it out there and they send it out to every one of your contacts. How freaking cool is that um, to have? That you can, yeah. I love what they do. You know, a good social media network is doing things like that. Pinterest does the same thing. I still see my my images going out on Pinterest all the time mm-hmm. when they send out an email. And that's what you want. So if you create the right content for that particular social media, and obviously, uh, Lewis, uh, your client with mm-hmm. the Epic Fantasy, is doing an incredible job of posting good content. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, he, and the thing is, he's consistent. They're consistent and getting stuff out. And, and, and we're talking about, you know, dragons and it, it, there's really not damsels. We've got these three brothers, the, the brotherhood, 
has got to do some stuff and there are challenges and going on. And we're talking about medieval time and we're talking about, you know, this is not Harry Potter type stuff. It's really much more sophisticated, but it's, it's, it's you're finding it and you start pulling it in. And when you get an awesome hot cover, you can take that cover and do so many things with posters. And when you find resources, I'm giving you some marketing tips, people here. If you find resources like Photofunia, P-H-O-T-O-F-U-N-I-A, and, and free, 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 free. And you can start dropping your cover in and do all kinds of wild things in it. When you use something like mock-up shots and you start doing these variations of images and doing it on and you keep pushing that out with a variety and there's surprises for your followers that you start building up, it kind of becomes an afternoon book delight or a morning book delight for seeing what are you going to do next? Um, and, 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 but, and but, you know, Judith, again, you said the key word there, and that's consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my clients was uh, trying podcasting, and he said, well, I did podcasting. I did like five or ten podcasts, and I didn't get any book sales. And I said, well, you didn't do enough. You know, you have to do at least three podcasts a week, and you have to do it, you know, with small guys, but also big guys. you got to, you know, because all it takes is one big guy going, I want to interview you. And all of a sudden you're in front of a hundred thousand people and you're selling books like crazy. So podcasting like social media, pick your, what you want to do and then be consistent. You know, Judith does this all the time. I see her. In fact, she's consistent in way too many social media, probably. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true. But, but again, remember that people are starting to cherry pick more and more, and maybe they may be dropping. So maybe whatever I'm doing, where I would say of all my social media, Facebook is my least favorite for just a variety yeah. of reasons. Um, um, Twitter, I have used successfully. Uh, I don't like some of the changes. I'm watching to see what's going to happen with the platform because I've got, a, I've got a lot of contacts. I've got 70,000 contacts there. Um, you know, what is Musk boy going to do? I don't know. Um, um, but LinkedIn is gr- a grown up platform. So um, the Instagram is been really consistent and myopic. You want to like, start creating little reels. And I wanted to mention YouTube would be the other one that I would be really playing with and creating your own channel and 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 start making reels um, and reels would be for Instagram. Um, where you could have little short, where you'd have like four or five posters all come together that they're a family there. There's a synergy to them on YouTube. Start thinking about the shorties. You know, I do, I have over 200 uh, videos up dealing with publishing rate and stuff. They're all under three minutes. I am now going to go in with a whole new series under one minute and they're called shorties. They're very hot on YouTube. So. In fact, any any kind of content that can be consumed quickly and easily and people like, uh, that works well. So videos tend to be shorter nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram has to pop. You know, whatever is there has got to interest the people that you're trying to target. And obviously it's working for Lewis with his books because, you know, 2,000 in sales. That's how I measure whether or not things are working. Am, am I making sales? Am I making money? And, uh, you know, 
But again, you have to be consistent because you can't give up after 10 days of posting and say, well, nobody's following me, blah, blah, blah. You got to do it for a length of time. And same with podcasting. If you're going to do your own podcast or you're going to set up a podcast interview program, you got to do it consistently, the old mm-hmm. C word. And <laughs> that's really probably the key to marketing anything is just that consistency. When uh, Jack and Mark did uh, Chicken Soup for the Souls, they picked up on one thing I said, which is do five things a day to market your book. And uh, they did that. And, you know, every day they did five things. At least one was an interview. And they did that consistently for a year. That's what it takes. It takes consistency. And and don't give up on something if you think it's a, it's got the right audience for your book. One year and look at the mega, mega, mega millions those two made. Yeah. With the chicken soup stuff. All right, so we've got we've got a few minutes left. Um, we've got about seven minutes here. What can we give them, kind of in a uh, a quick thing that they should start doing wherever they are today, um, whether they're a newbie or they're an old timer. Maybe they need to. Maybe they've you know some we look at we all get tired. It's easy to lose your marketing mojo. What can we do? Oh, I like that phrase, John. Marketing Mojo. <laughs> oh, I already got marketingmojo.com. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, that, what can you do to... <laughs> you're, you're just pulling both my legs this day. Um, yeah. That What can you do? It's summertime, right? Um, people are looking for beach reads. They're looking for all kinds of things. They're looking for you know, doing things differently. Um, what can we give? Maybe five things. If we'll, we'll go Jack and we both know Jack and and uh, um, Will. I know Jack really well. Um, yeah. to, to, to that they could do this week or, or set up. We're going to say, you know, it's, a, it's always a Thursday when we roll out these shows. So get prep for the weekend and roll it out. What can we give them five things to do? First thing, pick up the phone and call somebody, some influencer, somebody. Now, chances are you're going to get a recording and things like that because almost all influencers are are protecting themselves now. But you got to be ready with a great little pitch that hopefully will get past their gatekeepers. Uh, But you have to start by picking up the phone. I find that email... I, I still use email all the time to contact mm-hmm. people, but I find out that picking up the phone is a difference maker when somebody doesn't respond to email. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, 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 I, had, I had a whole line with that, but that's another show. All right. Second, what would we do next? <laughs> uh, second, uh, I would uh, send out, I would develop a list of 100 people uh, that I want to uh, have, continually contact. You decide how often you want to do it, but you have something where you're contacting them on a regular basis. One of my clients was a a speaker, a corporate speaker, and one of the things he did is a book of the month club. And he would send out a 96-page book every month to his potential clients. I think he had 200 people on the list. Mm -hmm. He He booked millions of dollars worth of speeches over the years 
doing that with just a book of the month club. Okay. And I, I love that idea. So, uh, but again, it's a whole idea of consistently contacting the key influencers. Most authors, they send out one email or they make one phone call and they say, well, that didn't work. I know. And the thing is, you got to be that old C word consistent. You have to keep knocking on those doors. You have to keep making the call. You have to keep refining the pitch and maybe changing changing the pitch until you find the thing that works for people and the things that people respond to. Because all it takes, again, is one person saying, yes, I love this, that has a big audience that's going to make a difference for you. All right, John, and, I've, got, I've got 90 seconds to give us. And I'm only on two. <laughs> I know. Fast, fast, fast. <laughs> well, three, three, you got to get out there and speak. Uh, get some Thanks. interviews with whoever you can. Number four, I really still love the idea of podcasting. The main reason I love podcasting is that you can syndicate the podcast to over 40, 50 platforms. And that's a difference maker because that means that there's 40 or 50 top websites that are pointing back to your website, to your podcast, to your content. And that's magical. Google sees that and it goes, oh, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one more. Number five. Uh, boy, well, there's an old one that I I, I thought of uh, telling uh, people, and that was hire me. <laughs> oh. Okay, so uh, here I'll, I'll add to that. Just you know, you need to you need to hang out with the other authors. You need yes. to talk and communicate and be around other authors who are doing it, who are doing it. See what they're Actually, doing. That's a great teams. idea. You know, cooperating with other authors. Uh, they're not competitors. Yeah. your friends. We got it. All right, everyone. Thank you, John Kramer. Everyone have a great week. We'll be back with you next week and we'll rebook John for another session. Thanks a lot. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryan.